the next stop, Sprawlcast. You're listening to Sprawlcast. My name is Jeremy Klossus, and I'm the editor-in-chief of The Sprawl. And Sprawlcast is a show made in collaboration with CGSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. And we are broadcasting slash podcasting from Treaty 7 territory. This is the home of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Pikani, Siksika, and Ghana nations, along with the Sutina Nation and Stony Nakoda Nations. This place is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. What we've done in the Western world is we've taken ourselves out of the circle rather than being part of it. This episode is not another bad news story about climate change. It's about the ways we think about climate change and about the very ways we think about and understand the world around us in general. Let me back up a bit. Calgary City Council recently had a strategic meeting on climate change. This was on April 26th. Now, this meeting itself was not particularly consequential by conventional standards. There were no major votes or decisions made on climate action that day. Those are supposed to come later, in late May and in June. But it occurred to me as I was watching this meeting that this was one of the most illuminating city council meetings I have seen in nearly 20 years of covering Calgary politics. And you're about to hear why. Dr. Leroy Littlebear is a renowned Blackfoot scholar and educator from the Ghana Nation. In the 1970s, he helped found the Native American Studies Department at the University of Lethbridge, where he taught courses on law, philosophy, and more. And although he's long since retired, he continues to teach, though not necessarily in a classroom setting. Sometimes it's in city hall chambers. And Little Bear kicked off this strategic meeting on climate change by giving Calgary City Council a bit of a crash course on the differences between Blackfoot and Western metaphysics. In other words, about the different ways we see reality, or what we understand to be reality and how this affects how we approach the issue of climate change. Here's what Dr. Leroy Littlebear shared with Calgary City Council on April 26th. What I want to tell you in this exercise of climate change and resilience, I'm not going to come to you with some brand new discovery about how to do things, but I want to come to you to suggest something about the whole notion about, you know, a paradigmatic shift. You know, every morning we wake up in the morning and we think we think that we're waking up to this reality. Well, a quantum physicist by the name of Steven Weinberg, and you know how scientists like to pride themselves when it comes to science, how 
They are very objective in their work. Well, he says, there is an objective reality out there. But as soon as you put a human being in the picture, it becomes an interpretation of that objective reality. And so what we wake up to every morning is not the objective reality, but our human interpretation of it. You see the picture, see? And we think that that's the reality, when in fact, it is just an interpretation of it. The presentation is titled Metaphysics Intersecting Western and Native Ideas, Resilience from a Blackfoot Perspective. See, I, I uh, generally understand resilience as the ability to withstand adversity and bounce back from difficult happenings, sometimes accompanied by a bit of macho-ness on our part. See, in other words, we can withstand anything that comes up. Well, those metaphysics that I've referred to are our, are our tools for reality structuring. All societies, at one time or another, claim a territory, and within that territory, a, you know, a culture arises and these, an interpretive template, that's what I mean. You wake up and you have this interpretive template that we use and for interpreting reality. And that's what we wake up to every morning. So, along with that interpretive template, comes social values. And those values act as goals to reach for. And they guide us, you know, that's what we refer to as norms and standards. So metaphysics, customs and values are very closely related. And the ramifications of those have lots of implications for the whole notion of our approach to climate change. See, what are what are those what are those metaphysics that we carry around? and that we wake up to with, I should say, every morning.
Well, if you ask the ordinary person on the street, most people couldn't articulate that. They're so embedded in us that we know and we use those metaphysics, but most of us couldn't begin to articulate them. Well, let me tell you what they are. Here's where Little Bear started to describe Western metaphysical paradigms. Most of us use these metaphysics, and it's all about perceptual stagnation. In other words, this is the way God made it. God's work is beautiful, and it'll be like this forever and a day. See? That's one, of, that's one aspect of it. Existence is about, you know, existence consists of matter. You know, knock on wood. Existence consists of matter. Space, cosmic and everything, is a place for matter. See, in Western thought, that's what it's all about. Most everything in the cosmos is inanimate. In other words, just knock on wood. Everything is inanimate except for you and I. And except, you know, maybe those animals out there. But plants are inanimate, see? In our way of thinking, that's in Western thought. To come to know, we must isolate. See, in other words, we may start out broad, but we always come to the point. That's why there's one true God, one right answer, one right way of doing things. See, that's what we wake up with every morning. See. So, and the thing is, once it's known, we say, hey, been there, done, did it. Let's move on, see. So, and our very important referent in our mind, if we always carry it at the back of our mind, is the notion of time. See, time is always at the back of our mind. We always carry it around. And social values that arise out of these metaphysics, these aspects, include things such as bigger, faster, higher. See, higher is better than lower. Newer is better than older. See, these are the kind of values that we carry around and so on. So, all of these things are part of that, those things that we wake up with. Well, if you stop and think about it, and you say, when 
I take those metaphysics, those social values, and I apply them to the notion of climate change, what do I come out with? Well, when we're talking about climate change, we are talking about ecological balance. That's really what we're talking about. Ecological relations speak to balancing ecosystems, wildlife populations, and biodiversity of the landscape. That's what climate change is all about. But when we're talking about climate change in our situation, we usually come at it from a utilitarian perspective. A utilitarian perspective usually looks at everything from the greatest happiness it will bring to mankind. See, because we're the only sentient beings in our view. We never look at things from the benefit it might bring to the land or to animals or to the plant life, say. So if we were to stop and come back to our city of Calgary, Calgary is to be co congratulated for all the little things that it is doing to counter climate change and of its goal about zero emissions by 2050. You are to be congratulated. The totality of those little things do amount to quite a bit. When you put them all together, they do amount to quite a bit but they are a patchwork approach, see. For comparison, let's look at Blackfoot metaphysics and climate change. See, in Blackfoot, we also have our approach and we have our metaphysics. Blackfoot metaphysics include notions of flux. Everything is always in motion. Existence consists of energy waves, not matter. It's about energy waves. Everything is animate. In other words, in Blackfoot, there is no such thing as inanimate. Everything is animate. So we talk about all my relations. So when we're talking about all my relations, it, we're talking about all those other beings, those trees, those rocks, all those other animals, see. And existence is a web of relationships. Renewal and maintenance of those conditions 
and factors that make for the present reality without which humans cannot survive as a species. Sustaining the land upon which the present human reality depends on. And language, lastly, acts as a depository, repository, I should say, for the knowledge that arises out of those metaphysics. Now, when we apply those Blackfoot metaphysics to climate change, the thing is that all of existence is animate. It is all about my relations. I, I need all of my relatives. Those rocks, those trees, those animals out there, I need them. And they need me. See, so it is all about reciprocity. That's what the approach is all about. Existence is a web of relationships what you do to the land, to the animals, to the water, you do to yourself. Just a slight segue with regard to water, let's say. You know that only 3% of all the water on this earth is fresh water. Only 3% that we depend on. And the six to seven billion people on this earth, that's what they depend on, is that 3%. And stop and think about it. You and I, every adult human being, is at least 65% water. All of us are at least 65% water. A brand newborn baby is probably 75% water. So what you do to the water, you do to yourself. If you realize those, it makes a big difference about how you think about climate change. So it's all about good relationships. Yeah. So continuing with the application of Blackfoot metaphysics to climate change, that's the reason why Blackfoot Confederacy and other First Nations adopted a keystone species like the buffalo because we as humans have kind of gone overboard, but we need their help, that is the buffalo in this case, to help us bring back that ecological balance. The buffalo is an eco-engineer. 
and it helps to bring about that balance we've been talking about. Our songs, our stories, our ceremonies are very closely related to that buffalo. Through its eco-engineering of the landscape, the buffalo has taught us many lessons about the land, plants, and other animals. Learning our spiritual responsibility to the ecosystem brings about changes. That responsibility includes learning about plant and animal communities. You know that these plants do grow in communities. Animals do live in communities. And they're alive, you know, and have life ways. So in our traditions, we talk and we sing to them. They in turn teach us songs. Many ceremonies are specific to places, to animals, and to plants. We go to specific places. They have their own songs, their own ceremonies, and so on. So that's how closely related we are to the landscape. The lesson to be learned is that we live in a very narrow spectrum of ideal conditions. You know that scientists say that we're an accident of nature. In other words, conditions and factors just happen to be just right for humans to come into the picture. If we are going to survive as a species, we must maintain and renew those conditions. Otherwise, we will be a passing phase. I jokingly tell people, I used to text Neanderthal man. You know, that Neanderthal man used to be our neighbor. He's nowhere to be seen. He's gone. We're still around. Well, you know, there are scientists today that are already talking about the next species. They're already talking about the next species that are going to take over for humans. Well, if we want to be around a little bit longer, we better do something about climate change. And what is missing right now in, West, in a Western-dominated world is ceremony and respect for the environment and ecological balance. What we've done in a Western world is we've taken ourselves out of the circle. 
rather than being part of it, see. And the road to true resilience is education. We need to make Calgarians know that climate change is for real, that if we are going to reach our goal of zero emissions, we have to change our thinking. We have to go through that paradigmatic shift. If we don't, then these little attempts here and there that I'm referring to as a patchwork approach won't accomplish the task. Truth and reconciliation gave us the luxury of stepping back and to reflect. Well, COVID-19, the positive side of it is that it is also giving us time to step back and reflect and examine how we do things. We should take advantage of that opportunity of stepping back and really reflect on how we do things. So maybe it'd be a good idea to, to go and take on our spiritual responsibility and sing to our plants, talk to them, and so on. Really develop a relationship. We're doing a good job right now with all these different programs that we're starting, but it's that paradigmatic shift that we need to go through with all our people within the city of Calgary to make them realize that climate change is for real. And our neighbors upstream and downstream, you know, because, hey, what people upstream do affects our community here. But then what we do here affects people downstream. So we need to be good neighbors and we need to develop relationships with those communities too. So my message is let's all work together as and develop those relationships by going through this paradigmatic shift. Thank you. End of line. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. You've been listening to Sprawlcast. My name is Jeremy Clausus, and I'm the editor-in-chief of The Sprawl. And you've been listening to Dr. Leroy Littlebear, 
speaking at Calgary City Council on April 26th. The city's climate strategy and plans are slated to go to a council committee in late May and on to council in June. For further reading, you might want to check out some of Little Bear's writing on metaphysics. One article is entitled, Jagged Worldviews Colliding, and you can easily find it online. It expands on some of the ideas you just heard him talking about. And when I was emailing with Little Bear while getting this episode together, he suggested another paper too. It's called Traditional Knowledge and Humanities, A Perspective by a Blackfoot. And you can easily find that online as well. I'll put a link to both of them from the Sprawl website. You can also find a transcript of this episode on the Sprawl website at sprawlcalgary.com. This episode was edited by Mike Todd. Our theme music is by Dan Agostino and Kenny Murdoch. Our C-Train narrator is Holly McConnell. Thanks for listening and see you next time. 